Hey guys, this is our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you found us. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about following Jesus, loving God, and serving one another. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com or check out the Clemson Foothills Church YouTube channel. We love learning what God says to us in His Word, and we hope this podcast helps you to do that as well. With all that said, let's dive into the episode for this week. What does it look like to bow down in my relationships and at my job and all these things? And there's something that I think we're going to go ahead and navigate and why I say that I don't know where this is going to end because I think this is a big deal, okay? And this is something, quite honestly, I've never done before. And I'll bet you anything, this may be something you've never done before, too. If you have, that's great, okay? But I want you to do something for me, okay? I want you to just look around. I want you to look around at who you're sitting next to, okay? Just look around. Look around at people. Notice people you're sitting around, okay? That's that's at the Kumite right there where we gamble big money. No, I'm just kidding. It doesn't happen. But look around. Turn around. See people. Here's one of the things I'm certain of. We will not be able to do, you will not be able to find someone that is just like you. All right? There there isn't. No. No. And I want you to hear me on this, okay? Because this is really important where we're going to go is is to look around because this is a fantastic part of how... Goodness gracious, this chair. (laughs) This right here... You know, when, when we look around, sometimes we, we forget how amazing it is how God built his church and his local church and his worldwide church, right? His eternal. It's, we lose the awe of that sometimes. And, and so it's important that we look around and take note of the fact that, you know what? There's nobody here that's like me. That's pretty amazing. All right. And so we just, you know, we're going to start with this. Look at this. Just a handsome group of folks right there, isn't it? One of the things that has been most exciting to me as I've studied out, as, as I've studied this, is how God builds his church. Okay. And then he uses a couple of analogies. He uses an analogy of building, right, that we're, we're being made into a building. When was the last time you thought about that? When was the last time you thought, man, God is doing something? Like he's actually, and it's not a building of uniform stones either, right? I mean, it's, it's a lot of different stones and different shapes and colors and sizes and types and all of that and he's building it right and he says here in first peter chapter two so as you come to him as you come to jesus a living stone rejected by men but chosen and priceless in god's sight you yourselves as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood that's happening right now it happens every second we're alive, okay? As God is going, see, my people down there, I'm building them into something. And it's not going to be like anything else that's been built before. It's meant to be holy. It's meant to be a holy priesthood, all right? This is, this is amazing when you think about it because you want to know what? I have had more conversations in the past few weeks about how amazing it is that each one of us has come to where we are today. 
okay? And in 10 years, you'll have conversations wherever you are, you'll have those kind of conversations. Be like, wow, how'd I end up here? How'd God do that? How'd God bring you all the way over here and connect all of these dots? And you want to know what we're meant to be? That's, we should be in awe of that. Sometimes we just take it for granted and think, man, that's really neat. No, that's more than really neat. That's amazing. That's miraculous. That's the power of God, right? And he says that I'm building. Isn't it cool that God says, yeah, I'm building you. He says you're no longer in Ephesians. Paul writes, you're no longer foreigners and non-citizens, as he's talking about Gentiles. But you're fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household, because you have been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone in him, the whole building being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling place of God in the spirit. Boy, those words are rich words right there. Okay. Those, I mean, you stop and, and let those words kind of sink in. We go, man, God has this purpose that's going on every second of every day that you're a part of and I'm a part of and we're a part of here at the Clemson Foothills Church and disciples around the world are a part of. And God is this, this guy who's like, I'm building something that ultimately it's this place where God lives and that people come and join and be a part of, okay? So he uses this analogy that I think is really cool, but he also uses an analogy of the body. All right. I don't know how many of you guys are totally into science and anatomy and physiology and stuff. I love it. That was the only thing I was really good at in high school. And so my major was that. Okay. I love it when you can look and see a small portion of the different parts of the body. All right. You, you go, let's test us on those. You go, that's a lot. That's a small portion of the parts of the body. Okay. And God uses it. He says, listen, take a look at that. All right, take a look at that because he talks about us. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, okay? In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, this is one of the things that he, um, he, he also says about us. And these are passages I really would love for you to write down. Listen, we're not going to exhaust a topic tonight. This is going to be a little journey that we take for a while, okay? So this is an important aspect of what we're talking about. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. For as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of that body, though many are one body, so also is Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, we were all made to drink of one spirit. So the body's not one part, but many. If the foot should say, I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. In spite of this, it still belongs to the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. In spite of this, it still belongs to the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed each one of his parts in the body just as he wanted isn't that great? Isn't it great to know that, hey, you know, and a lot of times we, we read this and we're like, but, but what part am I? Am I? He's not talking about, do I help with AV? Do I do that? He's not talking about, well, man, I help in kids' kingdom, so that must be my... No, no, no. He's talking about a kingdom. He's talking about a community of people that are placed perfectly to glorify his name to the world. All right? And so it's that idea of going, oh, you mean I matter. 
That it's meant to be that, okay? It's got, man, you mean I really matter? That when God put me into a community of people, he says, I actually matter in terms of reaching this community. In fact, I matter equally as much as anyone else, okay? And this is one of those things we, we, can, we can get kind of weird on because we're like, oh, maybe I should volunteer more, and that's my part of the body. No, 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 we miss out on that, okay? Is he put us exactly as he wanted. So it's pretty cool to think you're exactly where God wanted you. It's pretty neat to think that it's not purposeless. It's not aimless. It's not just, man, let me scatter people out there because I'm afraid you know what happens to our theology is becoming more and more like that. Like God isn't, man, he's just kind of like throwing you out across the board and wherever you land, then, then do his will there. We're going, but God has placed each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. And if they were all the same part, where would the body be? Now there are many parts, yet one body. And it goes on, it talks about the eye and the foot and all of these kind of things and the necessity of everyone. And so again, these are, these are passages that are meant for us to be in awe of God, to be able to ponder and go, man, my body has all of these parts and we haven't even got to the organs and the, all of the different systems and all of that kind of stuff. H- have you ever just pondered about the complexity of the body? Wow. It is one of the most, fa- and again, your thing is your thing, right? This is my, th- I love, it, it amazes me to think Everything that goes into me and you just being able to stay alive right now. Every system that has to be working, right? Everything going, wow, that's amazing that even with the help of these dumb glasses that I have to wear, that, I, that light can come in and I can register it to see things. You ever thought about that? I mean, that little eyeball that we have is pretty amazing, right? Pretty amazing technology, that we have we get pretty we get pretty pumped when the iphone has an extra camera lens on it right we're like whoa who would think of that you actually have depth and all these things we're going really my eyes do that all the time i was born this way my technology came out in 73 okay i'm going man i don't know what version it is now but you know so he tells us this it's here's the deal are you in awe of these things okay Here's another thing right here, and let's just get, we're going to get right to this, okay? You don't know what God did? He made two different genders. Just want to let that sit for a second. Did he mess up? We're going to look into that. You may go, I think he might have. Okay, well, we'll look into that. There's some questions I want us to start thinking about. And why I think this is important, because if we're talking about worshiping the king, we need to get an idea of, well, what was the king thinking? And we're talking about one part when we talk about gender and we talk about male and female. We're talking about one aspect, okay? I mean, we we can talk about others, but right now we're going to talk about this for a while because I think it's important because it's been left undefined for so long that there's just definitions everywhere. It's just popping out of everywhere. Everybody has like a specific definition. And my question is, do you know what God's definition is? Does this matter? It matters immensely, okay? And here's why. Let's look at a few things of what Jesus would say. God created humankind in his own image. We're going to have to stop a lot. 
want you to think about that. He, he made humankind. That, mean the men in the, that means the men in this room and the women in this room. You were made in the image of God. You mean the bodily image? Like we get kind of weird about that too. Or like, you mean he's like this multicolored, sized, all that? No, 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 no. The spiritual image. All right. Have you thought about that lately? That when God created you, he said, my image is going to dwell in them. And not just in one of them, but both of them. Okay. God created humankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. That's right, this first page of the Bible, right? It's this idea of him defining these terms, okay? He says this in Genesis 2, the Lord said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I'll make a, command, a companion for him who corresponds to him, okay? So here's one of the things I'm going to share about this. Um, certainly, as we talk about this, I'm going to imperfectly be able to talk about this, okay? So there has to be a, just a little bit of grace, all right? But secondly, there are some passages that we're going to look at that talk about marriage or imply marriage, okay? And we're going to look at those as they describe each person, okay? I'm going to show you that further, okay? So it's not saying, oh, man, so God made it so if you're not married, you're just not fulfilled. No, 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 no. This tells us even something about males and females and how they interact and whether it's in a marriage relationship or not, it's that. They were made to correspond to one another. Okay? I want you to think about that for a second, that you were built. Olivia was built to correspond to Van. This is becoming very unpolitically correct in a hurry. <laughs> right? You're going, what is wrong with you, man? Right? I mean, and, and here's the deal. One of the things that I, I don't hope for this, but it most definitely will happen. We're talking about something that's emotional, okay? We're talking about something that you could get angry and frustrated, and you can say, man, that Keith is all these things, and you want to know, that's okay. I prefer you not to do that out loud or on social media, okay? <laughs> but here's what I really want us to do is, is not for Keith to give you answers, but that we're a people that dig into God's word, okay? Because if our definition isn't coming from God, it's coming from the world, okay? Now, I want you to understand that you may go, no, no, I already know what the definition is, but I've been doing like a little test since I've been studying this out. I've been asking people because this is, this is like very few people have um, like neutral emotional responses when it comes to men and women, Okay? And I've been asking people, what is, what's your opinion? What are your thoughts? Man, this is it right here. Man, it's all, you know, what, I'm not even going to say it because some of y'all have given me the answer. Okay, I want to, but this is what it is. Where'd you find that in the Bible? I've never studied this out in the Bible. See, that's important. <laughs> that's important because you may be right, all right? But if we're worshiping the king, then we're going, you know what? I may even have an opinion, but what my king says is this. And there are going to be some things that we know. We, uh, most of us have gone through them before. There's things you read and you go, man, it kind of makes me scared a little bit. What am I going to find when we look at this? What are we going to find? Is this going to be something that makes me look different to everybody else? Like, what is this about right here? And I want you to keep asking yourself, does this even matter? 
Because my fear is, is what we're being taught is it doesn't matter. Okay, that's my fear. Except when you read the Bible from front to back, God has a different opinion of that. In fact, he's, it matters very much about how he's portrayed to the world, okay? And I know there's some of this. There's, there's some scabs and all kinds of stuff that's going to get scraped off. And you're going to go, you know what he's thinking is this. And you know what he's thinking? And I'll, you know what he's about? He's like 1950s, just male chauvinism. And I'll, Stop. Okay, we're going to dig into this, and I want you to dig into this too, okay? So all those things that are going on in your head, just take a deep breath and remember you love me, okay? <laughs> you want to know what I wonder? Here, here's a job as a parent, but I think all of us can we answer this question. What if your child came up to you and said, what does it mean to be a man and not a woman? I'm not asking you to answer that right now, okay? These really are like, I want you, this is, this is not like, I got it, okay? Because, listen, I'm studying through this stuff, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, where has this been all my life if I study the Bible? And then I start, like, looking up stuff. Okay, some people have got to have some ideas on this. I'm saying, There's crickets out there, okay? It's crickets. There's, like, nothing in the Christian, very little on this, on does it matter, about being a man or a woman does it matter i want you to write these down what does it mean okay if my son came dad what does it mean to be a man and not a woman what does it mean to be a woman and not a man and you know what i'm learning as i read the bible is is their answers i've never even heard people say before our answers fall way short they fall way short okay a lot of times what we do is we say, well, here's the differences. I keep running. That chair is killing me. It's like a, it's a thorn in my flesh. A lot of times we say this is the difference. And, and, and oftentimes, let, let's kind of bring this in. Is, um, we're gonna, I'm going to come back and, and we're going to talk about this later. But one of the most beneficial things when we dig into any very difficult emotional subject is this, is identifying what's your trigger? What can trigger you? What can be that word? that you just go, oh, man, I'm like, hold me back. What is it? We have to identify that, not because there's necessarily anything wrong with the trigger. It may be a right word to be triggered by. But we have to know that, okay, hold on, deep breath. We're going to dig into this, okay? A lot of times there's, these, there's kind of an, a spectrum that many people fall on. There's one side of the spectrum, that, and I'm talking extreme here, okay, that's completely about, about this, this male-driven, women belittling, abusing, you know, this, this complete macho, I'm everything, and you're subservient, and all of these things, and the mistreatment of women, and there's that extreme that, you want to know what? You can go and probably read in Christian magazines and books, people go, yeah, 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 that's what I say, the Bible says. I'm going to say, no, it doesn't. But then there's another extreme, and the other extreme, you want to know what it says? it says? It says gender doesn't matter at all. No, Don't put me in a box. Don't make me fit into what you want me to fit into, okay? There's no differences. I'm just human. And that's an extreme that doesn't hold up to the Bible either, okay? And so oftentimes, even in those extremes, we oftentimes don't even fall into the middle of that. We kind of are out there on these kind of close to these poles out here. All right, and, if, and, and you can see the animosity, but you can also hopefully identify that 
you know, the question I'll continue to ask myself and you is, whatever your view is right now, can you identify that and communicate that biblically? Okay, that's what's really important, okay? A lot of times we go, that's just body types. Just body types are different. Women are different than men. That's the only difference. That, that's what ends up happening. This gets us in trouble because we minimize differences. We go, no, no, it's just hormones. That's all that makes Reese different from Ellie. That's it. That's the only thing is hormones. Gosh, it can't be. It can't be that. Reproductive system. One can have a baby and one can't. Right? And all the high school kids and college boys giggle. <laughs> like he said, reproductive system. <laughs> Sit with my son up here. <laughs> right. right, exactly. You're not even, I got you, I got you. But here's what I'm going to encourage us not to do, okay? Here's what I'm going to encourage you not to do, okay? And again, hear what I'm saying, okay? I'm not, I'm not directing you into anything yet, okay? I didn't even open the Bible yet, okay? Necessarily, we did open up to Genesis, but what I'm saying is, is that um, you've got to be open. Are you minimizing differences that God does not minimize okay because we go if that's all it is so in Genesis 1 when God said I made you in my own image body type hormones and reproductive system and I have a little bit of both boy that's not really great at all is it there's nothing really super spectacular about that it's not just plumbing (laughs) it's not just plumbing okay it isn't. We, can't, we gotta, seriously, it's just gotta be like, come on now. Here's what we do sometimes, though. To answer the question, here's how we answer the question incorrectly. Say, say Mom, tell me what it is to be a woman and not a man. Well, it means you're strong. And it means you're mature and intelligent. A person of integrity. Somebody useful to society. That's what it means, okay? Except, this is for humans. <laughs> These don't describe one or the other. It's both, okay? Women and men are built to be strong and mature and intelligent and people of integrity and useful in society. And this is where we get very confused because we've said these are actually the differences and this is where it gets very offensive even, right? Because we have like, oh, but here's the stereotype here and here and here. Well, again, where, are, where is God teaching us this? Okay, that's so important. All right. Do these, do these describe mature womanhood? Absolutely. Do they describe mature manhood? Absolutely. Okay, let's stop saying these are role or these define one or the other. Okay, and we could make this list even longer, couldn't we? And we could go on and on and on in qualities that we would go, no, that's not a woman thing or man. Caring, kindness, compassion, empathy, joy. I don't know if I got to put them in either. You don't have to put them in either. That's a human being thing. That's what's so important, okay? And sometimes, unfortunately, we read the Bible and we're like, you know what? Girls are really good at this, and I'm more like this. See, guys struggle with that. No, no, stop. Stop. Okay? There are qualities that every male or female, God has built in as his image, which is, again, these things should, we should be in awe of these things, Okay? Now, just to let you know, you can write this down. I'll paraphrase it just a little bit. Um, as I mentioned before, we're going to go into Ephesians 5.22, and it's like wives and husbands. And again, I don't want to portray in any way that, oh, this is just about for married people, okay? Because we're going to see Ephesians 5 doesn't necessarily stay in the married relationship, okay? 
but we're using it because it will give us some definitions that we need to take from this, okay? Why I put 1 Corinthians 7 up here, Paul makes a pretty good argument to not get married. (laughs) He said, if you're a guy and you're single, good, stay that way. (laughs) How would you like that, right? And, And it's Paul going, yeah, amen to that, right? How come we don't ever do a forced amen to that? Like, that's a good thing. He's like, man, you are completely, 100% devoted to the work of the Lord. And he said, if you're a single woman, amen, stay that way. Don't even try to get married. Boy, those are hard teachings. He said, because here's why. There's one thing that matters in this world is make yourself completely devoted to the Lord's work. And he says, you want to know what? When you're married, you're divided. All right. And sometimes we forget about that. So I bring that up because everyone in here is not married. Everyone in here won't be married. And you want to know what? That's okay. This isn't a qualification to be married. And it's not making an idea of saying, when you're married, that's when you'll really get fulfilled with life. Absolutely not. Okay. So I just want us to talk about that before we end up in Ephesians 5, just because I want to clear that up for us, okay? Ephesians chapter 5. Let's turn over there. Some of you, your Bibles turn over automatically to Ephesians 5. (laughs) it's like you throw your Bible down, boom, it opens up right there, okay? Pretty infuriating. Very misunderstood, rarely studied. Rarely studied, okay? And um, let me go ahead and, uh, let's go ahead and read this here. And I've read this enough times and I've, read it out loud enough times, I know when people are going to go, amen, and when other people are going to go, yeah, listen to that, okay? I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about. Ephesians 5, verse 22. Now, you know, it's one, this is one of those classes where it's like, as you kind of goof off and joke around and stuff, there's always that, like, punchline right there at the end. You're going to go, oh, I wish I didn't say that. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing. You sitting in the bad spot. The chair is gone. I have complete access. Wives, sub- wives submit to your own husbands. Say, well, Keith, that's just cultural. What does that mean? I mean, we say that sometimes. <laughs> that's cultural. Okay, well, can you describe what you mean when you say that's cultural? There's lots of things that are cultural. It doesn't mean that we go, oh, that abandoned that completely. Maybe we should. Maybe we should study this out and find out. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He's the savior of the body. Now as the church submits to Christ, wives are to submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and he gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. He did this to present the church to himself in splendor, without spot, without wrinkle, or anything like that, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. No one ever hates his own flesh, but provides and cares for it, just as Christ does for the church. Since we are members of his body, for this reason a man will leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This mystery is profound, but I am talking about Christ and his church. To sum up, each one of you is to love his wife as himself, and the wife is to respect 
her husband, okay? I want to just call attention right there. This mystery is profound. I'm talking about Christ and his church, okay? And here's what's interesting about this from verse 22 on. The unfortunate thing is, is we read this or hear this or it's going to be preached or we study it or something like that and, and kind of that inner middle schooler comes out inside of us which is like, no, 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 no. And if I make enough noise, I don't have to look at it. We're going, man, there is amazing answers about manhood and womanhood in here. I mean, mind-blowing, okay? So when you ask the, ask the question, what does it mean to be a man and not a woman? Or what does it mean to be a woman and not a man? We just read through. But if we don't stop, and if we don't identify, man, Keith, those, there's a lot of trigger words in there. <laughs> like submit. And every time I've studied this myself, you know the first thought that comes to my mind? I better define submission. Okay, And you know, every time I teach it, you know the first thing that comes out of my mouth? Let me define submission. And it gets to be about a talk about submission. And I'm going, this isn't about submission. This is about God and, and how he interacts with the church. And that's a part of it. But we're missing this really, really amazing picture here. Okay, so we're probably going to only get to the guys tonight. Okay, yes, we're only going to get to the guys. Um, but we are going to walk through this. When I say, what's it mean to be a man and not a woman? Here's what I'm talking about, mature manhood, okay? So when we talk about, like, defining things that hopefully will help us, and we're just drawing out of Ephesians 5 right now, okay? We have, we're not going anywhere else. When we draw out of this, what I'm talking about is, is the ideal of mature manhood. If you look at it, and you're like, I don't have those things. Okay, you want to know what? We all are in a place of needing to mature in a lot of different areas. This, this isn't just like you either are mature or you're not mature. It's this idea of, no, we have to identify where am I on this spectrum of mature. And we'll talk about mature womanhood. We're going to start with mature manhood. Okay. You can go down and write these three words down. Okay. We're going to look here. Verse 25 of Ephesians 5. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. Okay, Husbands, this is the talk to men right now. Okay, Husbands, Keith, what what defines mature manhood? Okay, I'm simplifying it. We're going to talk about this more, but we've got to start somewhere. Okay. And when I look at this and you look at husbands love your wives like Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Here's the first definition of mature manhood is if as a man, mature manhood is you are an initiator. You, you don't wait, okay? Now, here's the thing is, is, is girls, you want to know if a guy's an initiator, okay? If he's sitting back waiting for you to do things, he's not initiative. All right, this comes out in the smallest places, okay? It's like, you know, guys don't even necessarily ask girls out on dates anymore. Okay, okay, I like this, okay? Because the girl's going, yeah, you know what? I like that. You know why? Because there's something about a guy that's initiative saying, hey, you want to know what? I would like to go out with you. Will you go out with me? Would you not like to hear that? 
Isn't that awesome? It's awesome. And you're going, yes, because this is the image of God that is put into men. And here's the deal, okay? You're going, but Keith, my personality type's not like that. Okay, understand something. This isn't about capability. Okay, definitions, this has nothing to do with capability. This isn't like, no, 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 but this girl I like, she's so much more capable at initiating, and so that's better. No, 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 don't understand that. Don't, Don't misunderstand me. This isn't about capability. This is about the definition that we read of mature manhood is a responsibility that a man feels to initiate. He doesn't have to be the best. He, listen, here, here's an example, okay? Is for years and years and years, there was this really strange, and it still happens before, it's kind of like, well, depending on where you are in church leadership, it must mean that you are more valuable or more knowing or something like that. And it's that idea of going, well, no, 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 man, that's a role. It's not about capabilities and unfortunately there's a lot of my brothers that have led churches that have burned out because they felt like I have to be the best at everything that's not my role to be the best at everything I'm not told to be the best at everything every leader isn't going to be the best at everything okay but here's the deal is is there is husbands love your wives okay could we kind of even push that out a little bit to go Men love your sisters this way. Where you feel a responsibility to initiate. Okay. Here's what that sounds like. Okay, guys, I'm going to talk to the married guys here at home or, or really any guy. Okay, you can hear this. If it has nothing to do with capability but initiation, how many times, men, do you initiate what needs to happen at home? Hey, 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 we need to talk about this. Or is your wife always saying that? We need to talk about this. Will you get over here so we can talk about this? You know what? You keep, we got to talk about this. No, no, no. Listen, your wife may understand it more, but are you leading? Are you initiating going, you know what, honey? We're having some troubles with our money. Let's sit down and talk about this, okay? That's a responsibility to initiate. That has nothing to do with capability. It's a God-given responsibility. Again, not just this male chauvinistic, you know, caveman, you know, you do what I say now, you know, that, not that kind of thing. But I'm going to tell you that people appreciate They're going, can we talk about this? Okay. This is a mature manhood. This is, ladies, I hope this is who you're looking for to marry. Okay. It's initiative. You go, but here's the next one a God-given responsibility and burden to provide. Oh, boy, he just went into the 50s. Oh, boy, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming, okay? Okay, I want you to hear what I'm not saying, okay? Um, So let's say Ben has a job doing something, and Sarah, as a nurse, makes more money. No, no, honey, me, provider. (laughs) You tell employer, less money for you. No, no. That would be ridiculous, right? I mean, no one would marry like a smart woman that actually was like, no, I got lots of money though, right? I mean, she'd be off the market. That's so wrong. Why are you laughing, KJ? Don't laugh at that joke. (laughs) But here's the thing, okay? There is, a, there is a God-given responsibility that, man, you are not a leech. Okay? 
that, that is the idea of, okay, yeah, you want to know what? I may not be the one that brings in even in a two income all the money, but I'm not sitting back like I'm just like on vacation. It's like I have a responsibility to provide for this family. I have a responsibility to give in this family. Okay, and unfortunately, man, I'm telling you, as the age rises of guys who are still living at home in their 28 and 30 and 32 and 34, listen, there's girls understand what that means is I won't provide. I know, man, Keith, that sounds so harsh. Here's what I'm saying. Let's become mature men according to what the scripture said when he said, hey, hold on, man, love your wife like Christ loved the church. He didn't sit back and go, hey, you're looking pretty good down there. I'm going to kind of sit back for a minute. He's like, no, man, I got to get in there and I've got to provide for them because you want to know what? That's what I'm, that's my role here. There's a, there's a responsibility, a burden. That, that's why, you know what, we, sometimes there's this argument about leadership. And, man, some, sometimes people feel like it would be so great to be in leadership, okay? And it's hard. It is hard, okay? Because here's the thing is, is when you're the initiator and you're the provider, you want to know where the buck stops? With us. It doesn't matter what's going on in your house. If you're in a dating relationship, it doesn't matter what's going on in your dating relationship. You know who owns that? The guy. That doesn't mean that the girls are going, that's sweet. So <laughs> I'm like off the hook. No, 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 no. I mean, Jesus will have his way as well there. But he's going, hold up a minute. Everything that's going under my roof and your roof and everything that's going on in your dating relationship, there's no excuse. It stops with the man's responsibility. Okay? It's Jesus going up to the guy going, what are you thinking if you're acting that way? Okay? That's a burden of responsibility. All right. And that has nothing to do with capability. It's not because God is going, oh, this poor girl, she couldn't handle that like that. No, 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 no. He's saying in my image, I gave you a role and I'm going to hold you responsible for that role. This is very important. Okay, because I think here's what's happening. We're scared to talk about this a little bit, to really talk about what is masculinity and guys going, you want to know what? I'm drawing the line, the sand. Okay, it nothing and no one will come and hurt my family. Nothing's getting into my home that's going to hurt my family. Nothing. All right? And this extends out to our morality and pornography and all of these things. Is going, man, be a protector, be a provider, be an initiator. Be the guy that goes, you want to know what? I'm not waiting for my wife to guard the family. I'm guarding the family. He goes, oh, so your wife doesn't have to? No, of course. But this is what mature manhood looks like. And man, I'm afraid we're missing this. All right, I'm, I'm afraid of it more and more. There's a fear of coming into this with guys. There's a fear of making bold choices as a man. Well, does that mean that women aren't correct? No, no, no. Remember the list we made up? Courage is both. Okay. But this, we should feel as men a burden of responsibility of like, you know what? God made me in his image and my wife in his image. And she has a role and I have a role. And God's going to hold us both responsible for our roles. And you want to know what? He told me to love my wife like Christ loved the church. And Christ didn't just sit back and go, she'll get clean on her own. And don't worry, I don't need to provide. He went down there and he's like, listen, here's the line in the sand. Satan, you're not going any further. You will over, you know, and God, Jesus would never say this, but hopefully as men, we say it over my dead body. You're not getting into my family. 
right? You see all of that that goes into it. We're not talking about chauvinism. We're talking about living out what God built men to be. You gotta go, no, Keith, you understand. That's not my personality. This isn't about personality or capability or competency or any of those things. You may, be, you may have a fourth grade education. Your wife is a doctor. You still have the responsibility to lead, to initiate, to protect, to provide. She may be an MMA fighter. And you're like, a, like an accountant. Like you can't even fight anybody, okay? Listen, she might have to beat. Listen, here's the deal. She might have to beat up the person that comes in the house, but not because you're running behind her, okay? That you're standing up and going, no way, Charlie. Come on. You're coming through me. And then when you wake up from your consciousness and your wife is taking care of business, at least you're like, no, man. Uh-uh. God put me here. But, but your wife is going to be the one. I, no, you don't understand. This is my responsibility. Okay, so again, this isn't about making your spouse weaker or less competent or less capable. This is going, God, I honor you with how I'm built. Okay. We're not going to get into this right now. <laughs> We're going to get into it. It's great. It's equally as great. Okay. We've asked that question. Why does it matter? You want to know what? Um, there does come out as, man, how does this come out in the church? How does this express itself in the family? Right? All right. Here's what we're not saying, okay? If you work somewhere and, and you're a man and your boss is a female, okay, it's not going to fly for you to go in there and go, listen, you don't understand. This is my God-given responsibility to tell you what to do. Now, understand, we're not talking about that, dan that dynamic, okay? I think we get that, but I just wanted to make sure, okay? Go, I'm not listening. My preacher said that I, no, 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 no. We're talking about there's two very important things. There's two very important places that God is glorified. In his community of believers and in the family that makes up that community, okay? And hopefully that's our, like, real. So here's what ends up happening is this, if we don't, Define this, and this is the part where I feel embarrassed just as somebody who teaches the Bible and preaches the Bible. I'm like, man, I, I just kind of go along hoping people get it. But you want to know what? When, it, when we don't talk about it and define it, you know what? There's like a major part of us that doesn't get to glorify God. There's a major part of us if we're going, no, we're all the same. Except God didn't think so. God thought it would be better for us to be different. We could, the world would see him more, right? Here's the thing. I love this. In the end, here's the deal. Our goal, and it's not enough just to say what's right and what's wrong. Did Keith do a good job or a poor job at theological exposition of this? All right, our goal isn't that. Isn't just to see, man, is this what God wants or not? It's to understand and embrace what's good and beautiful about it. I want you to think about that, all right? Because that kind of, that kind of disarms all of us. They go, man, is there anything that we're learning that is good and beautiful? And this is the same. This isn't just with gender, all right? If you're struggling with your purity and, and immorality, you want to know what? Instead of trying to scare yourself into purity, why don't you try to find why purity is good and beautiful, okay? See, that's different, 
Say, oh man, I hear so often about, well, God, it's just unrealistic for you to call us to purity before marriage. It's so hard, and you're just trying to make it. No, no, no. But what if it was good and beautiful? He said, but that's what I want. See, that's different than have no hint of sexual morality, okay? Got to have that. Got to have that, okay? But it's that idea, well, of why is it good and beautiful? Right? That's the part that inspires me when we talk about these things. It's because we're not trying to come out with who's better or who's worse, who's right or who's wrong. We're trying to find out what is good and beautiful and what glorifies our king. That no matter what anybody says, because this, this class right here, okay, I guarantee you, you could hear some things I said and go, man, I hate that guy. All right? And please, if you feel that way, please come and talk. We're going to have a lot of Q&A at this as we go on through this and all of those kind of things. But no matter what we say about each other, it doesn't make this less good and beautiful. Like we can get angry and upset, but it doesn't make God's plan less good and beautiful. We're just keeping ourselves from seeing that, okay? So again, I'll go ahead and send this out. The lesson will be online so you can... Listen to it again. We're going to keep digging into it. But again, we're going to start out with a couple of lessons that are just giving us a nice foundation, okay? We're going to have a lot of Q&A, all right? We're going to have a lot of discussion about this, okay? Because I'll tell you what, when it comes to gender, masculinity, femininity, male, female, boy, there's a lot of questions that are legitimate questions, okay? They're not bad questions, okay? So if you're thinking, oh, man, I could never, no, no, no. We're going to talk about these things and hopefully, hopefully exhaust them if we can.